0: Hey there, soul family. Welcome to another episode of Evolving Consciously. My name is Holly and I know for sure that nothing happens by accident. This moment is happening very on purpose. So I invite you to really sink in with me as we weave our way through this conversation today so that the message your soul is searching for right now can land deeply with you. Here in this podcast, we have conversations on consciousness, helping you unbecome everything you're not, bringing you home to your wholeness so that you can live a completely authentic, soul-centered life. Today, we are back again with the amazing, stunning, so deeply impactful Miss Sabrina Lawton, all the way from the US. For those of you who are Aussies who listen to this, we have a US guest. I know most of you are from the US, or from the UK and other places around the world. And for those of you who missed our previous interview, around about a month ago, about four episodes ago, if if you haven't already heard that interview, I urge you to please be a blessing to yourself. And go and listen to that you can scroll down on on the website and you can find that it was called a new way of understanding God. And today we have that same incredible woman here with us to share another message around how to heal from emotional pain. You know, so, so often we can get stuck on our journey of awakening. We can get stuck at a particular level of consciousness because we are anchored to some emotional pain that we have experienced and haven't yet resolved or haven't yet been released from and sometimes that's only because we don't know how you know uh, we want to do it we want to clear it we want to be free of it but we simply don't know how so i believe that this topic is something that really could be transformational in your life Um, so as you sit here don't just sit in here you know there's a very big difference between hearing something and receiving something allow this message to touch you allow it to change you, allow it to shift you and just open the whole of your heart and the whole of your being to the incredible impact that this lady has. And if you are there with us, Miss Sabrina, I would love for you, you know, some of our listeners would not have heard from you before. And although they might go back and listen to our previous interview, if you could just spend a couple of minutes, you know, highlighting in a nutshell what your what your journey has been like so that they can even, um, you know, receive even more from you because they understand then the source that this information is coming from. Um, if you're there with us, please say hi, and I will hand over to you. Hello, Holly, I am so glad to
1: be with you. I am Sabrina Universal Lawton, and I really come to you all as one has, who has experienced trauma. So I am the founder of Evolve to Love, it's a spiritual advising organization. And I came into that organization because I truly needed my spiritual solutions. And so I built an organization founded on the principle that every problem has a spiritual solution. I work with individuals to help them unpack and discover their solutions. And so my my beginnings began very humbly, uh, growing up really with not much parenting, having to navigate my way through life I ended up in corporate America, so I was in the corporate world for about 16 years. But there was a longing deep inside of me for something more. I wanted to provide others with a pathway to really understanding their true calling in life. And that's what I do today. I walk individuals through their story to get through the source of their pain their emotional pain. Oftentimes we find that our emotional pain happened during our early childhood years.
0: Yes yes absolutely well thank you so much for joining us and I know you have a really deep message for us today so you know if we can let's get straight to it when when we look at the topic of how to heal from emotional pain and you know uh, I know you as you said you know you come from a background of, of, of extreme trauma I remember you speaking on our last interview about how you were sexualized as young as five years old and you know experienced a whole lot of trauma in that area of your life so, so, um, I mean, where does someone even begin? Like where, you know, when someone's sitting there in the midst of their pain, maybe it's from childhood, maybe. And, and what I find, and, and I'm, I'm sure you find it too, is that quite often life will give us um, an, an immediate circumstance that we think is causing all the pain. It could be um, a loss of a career, it could be um, a divorce or the end of a relationship, it could be, or, you know, whatever it might be, you know, um, some kind of illness. And, and it evokes all this pain. And we think all the pain I'm experiencing right now is because of this divorce or it's because of, uh, you know, losing my career or, you know, my plan not going to plan whatever that may be, but what I found through my work, you know, similar to yourself and the people I coach and work with is that quite often this experience right now has, um, has only been a trigger for the unresolved pain that you've always held on to. So what you're feeling right now isn't just because of the immediate circumstance. It's actually, you know, happened on behalf of you to be able to, um, to help identify some older baggage that you're carrying that's associated. What's your take on that? And, and how do you, um, you know, how how do you see that?
1: Absolutely, Holly, to answer your question, it does begin with identifying the source of your pain. What is your story? What is your story behind that pain? And oftentimes you have to start at the very beginning. How -hmm. did you come into this life? What was your experience as a child? a teenager you know an adolescent you know what yeah. was your what are your memories this is so critical because right. the mind is a video recorder which simply wants to replay its experience right. so just i love that yeah, so just as you were just alluding to, that you know, you think that the pain was the divorce and you think that the pain was the loss of the job, but if you peel back the layers and you go into the depths of your story, what you're going to find is that this, the experience that you're having in the now is a reflection of the same emotion that you felt in your past. Right. And that's what we want to feel. So that's the starting point is really identifying your story, making peace with your story, coming to um, reliving, so to to speak, the emotion that took place in your story. And it's great when you can do that with someone else to bear witness with you to your story. Another good way to do that is through journaling. Mm -hmm. Sit with yourself in silence and stillness and write down how did I feel and who made me feel this way right and are the emotions the emotions that I'm still carrying today so for me for example when I was growing up and I was sexualized there was a program written on me you know we have to look at ourselves as computers here yes. and our brain as the computer the software you know we're the hardware Yes. And the spirit's the hardware, but the brain is the software. And so what was downloaded into the software? What was downloaded into my software was that, you know, I was only uh, good for what I looked like. I was sexualized. So that was where my I thought my value was. And so I would recreate experiences, even traumatic experiences um, through adultery and other behaviors like getting into relationships that I knew were not healthy for me. And for a long time, I couldn't understand um, that behavior. And as I went through doing my work and, and really tapping into my spirit and getting to the source for why I had those experiences in the first place, I was able to recognize that that was simply a program that I had to go through the practice of hitting the delete button on. I was not my body. I was spirit. And then going about the work of now that I've deprogrammed. Going through the work of reprogramming to truth and to love.
0: Right, and you know that's something I love how you how you ended that. Um about reprogramming because you know i, I say the same thing that you know like you say where where our brain is a computer system and we've had the software installed on us but you can't run two softwares at the same time you have to uninstall you know the the operating system before you can you know reinstall a new one you can't run windows 98 and windows xp at the same time you have to uninstall 98 in order to install you know windows xp and have a new operator system a new story a new belief system uh, that you can operate from so do you believe that also and if so how step one then would be you know um unprogramming deprogramming deleting like you said that old software that you have that, that's outdated um How does someone go about that? If that's the first step, how do they go about releasing the story? And, you know, you mentioned journaling. Do you have anything specific in terms of the way they should write in the journal? Anything, you know, uh, in terms of, I mean, for me, I get my clients to do a lot of, uh, write a letter to their five-year-old self. So they, they, they speak the letter in third person. Is there anything like that that you would suggest?
1: Absolutely. I believe that that's a wonderful technique. Another wonderful technique is just to do exactly the write-up of your memory. It is really, really important to to write it up as you remember it. This is how I felt when. This is critical because then you get to those feelings again and, and unfortunately what's what happens is when we don't feel those feelings in a in a safe place with an intention of healing then we carry those emotions with us throughout life and yeah. so the practice of truly saying this is how I felt when is going to ha- help us to have all of that come to the surface come up and out through what I call detoxing tears
0: I love it after-
1: yes And then after we've done the detox, then we want to write a new story. We're going to tell a new story about what is truth. And what we're going to find is that what is truth, let's look at, for example, um, for me, if I was sexualized and, and part of my program was my mother wasn't there and she told me I wasn't good enough and she was emotionally abusive to me. The truth was, my mother was dealing with her own pain. She was doing the best she could. Given that she did not love herself, how could she possibly give me what she was uh, unable to give herself? That's the truth of the story. If she had known better, she would have done better. But she did not. And so really take, take another look at the story. And look at it through the lenses of love so on the one hand you have the story as you experience it emotionally and then you rewrite the story through the lenses of love and through the lenses of compassion and what that does is it sets you up for the next step which is the process of forgiveness
0: beautiful Wow okay I love that so look at it through the lenses of love okay So let's say someone's sitting there right now and and I just want to go into this just so that we can give as much value. I know you and I are so aligned in our, you know, in, in the amount of value that we want to be able to provide to people and, and have our message heard. So if someone's sitting there right now and, you know, by no mistake at all, they have, they have uh, crossed paths with this interview and they're, you know as it always is everything shows up right on time and so they're in the midst of some pain they're going through a circumstance at the same time it's bringing up stuff from their past helping them to mirror what's already in them etc and they're sitting there okay they go and do their journal tonight let's say or over the next couple of days and they feel the pain they put themselves back in those memories so that they can um i remember you know you you can't heal what you won't feel right i I remember you said something similar to that last time so they go back and they feel it which helps them to like you say to really bring it up and um what did you say do a detox through tears i love that right so they cry for the next couple of days or whatever it might be until that feels like it's over then they go back and look at it through the lens of love then what what if they go and they try to look at it through the lens of how do you do that let's say that their experience has caused them so much pain that they're so angry they're full of resentment towards that person who violated them in that way or whatever it could be um and so how do how do they how do they see it through a lens of love how do they diminish the resentment And the criticism and the judgment, or whatever it was that they felt, and the anger, and and sometimes the hate that they feel towards that person, in order to be able to take the lens of love.
1: Absolutely. You know, taking the lens of love requires response ability. Now, if we unpack that word, we all have a response ability the ability to respond to life. Right, Good, bad, or different. it is our response ability. Right. So, so the question is, what is the consequence of not seeing it through the lens of love? If love truly covers all transgressions, and if love is, in fact, the highest vibrational frequency that there can be, that exists, then what is the consequence of not looking at your story through the lens of love? Mm. You know, it's often stated that holding anger and unforgiveness is like cutting yourself with a knife and looking at the other person to watch them bleed. Yes, yes. So the question becomes, am I ready to live? Am I ready to love? And am I willing to do what it's going to take? And it is not easy, right? You know, and, and everything in nature that happens it doesn't happen through an easy process but that means we can handle it that means that our spirits are greater than our flesh right if you look at the process of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly do you think it's a a, an easy process for that caterpillar to be tight and try to break free from that cocoon in order Mm -hmm. to get to the next level and evolving Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not at all but it has to get through this uncomfortable space So in this space of how do I do it, taking responsibility, you must know that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Right. Okay. So be willing to be uncomfortable. Be willing to um, stretch yourself to look at and put yourself in the other person's shoes. So if it was um, a spouse who hurt you, write out the story of how you met that person write out the story and again this is the the beginning of the story what is the truth what does it look like right and leading up into that person that relationship ending what you will more than likely find is all of the resentment that you might be holding you actually saw signposts along the way for the experience that you ended up happening.
0: Mm. Because we are right. and that hurts. That gets heavy. That becomes a heavy burden to handle. Because, like you say, if you're willing to see that, then then you're forced to take responsibility. Which is why so many people, you know, choose to play the victim game. It's a whole lot easier to be a victim because then you're not responsible for anything.
1: Absolutely. And 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 to that point, this is why even when you unpack the word forgiveness, just for the sake of giving. Forgive. Mm. Give forgiveness for your own life. Forgiveness is not for the other person, forgiveness is for yourself
0: what would your message be around that? Because, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this for the person out there who goes, oh, yeah, you have heard these cliches before. They sound real cute, but, you know, they don't really work, right? Who is stuck in their pain, okay? So, I, and I guess I relate because before I was free of my pain, for a while I was stuck. And in that stuck place, um, you know, there was this stubborn part of me that did not, I don't even want to forgive. It was like, okay, I wanna be free of the pain, but I don't wanna forgive. Then I had to unpack that bag and say to myself, why don't I want to forgive? And I had another story attached to forgiveness, right? So I'd unpacked, I'd unpacked my life story that you mentioned earlier, which brought me to how I was feeling. Now I can understand that. But then I went, okay, so why, why can't I let go of this? Why don't I want to forgive? And, uh, you know, it really came to two reasons. Number one, there was a story written on, on my programming system about forgiveness, that when you forgive someone, you make it okay, that, what, that, that you let them off scotch free. You know that they that they shouldn't that you shouldn't really let people trample all over you like that. And if you forgive them, it means you've you've uh, you know you've made it okay what they've done. And I had to do work undoing that belief system around forgiveness before I could even step towards being able to forgive. Does that make sense?
1: Absolutely. And and let me tell you why that is. If if you are the computer running the virus. Does the computer really know it has a virus or is it thinking that it's doing just fine?
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Sometimes when we're running with our virus, this is how we know ourselves. This is how the computer knows right. itself. As the virus.
0: That's until right. Until
1: someone else or some intervention comes in to send new programming into the computer, a new download to say, no, you're not functioning correctly. Let me show you another way. And I believe that this is what Unbecome and and the work that we're doing is about is showing people another way Um, and and definitely using our own experiences of how we've transcended uh, our story and we've come to forgiveness by looking at it another way, not just relying on the virus that was written in our own minds. And that requires us to go to a bigger space we often think we're our minds okay mm-hmm. and the yeah. book of life absolutely the book of life says that there is a war between the flesh and the spirit so that we are not able to go about doing the good that we are called to do in the earth correct so yes. if we unpack that the mind is a part of the flesh absolutely. and so in, in the space of forgiveness that's where we go beyond the flesh and we recognize that as a spirit, I am here now. If I am attached to the thing we call God or love or the universe, mm-hmm. the universe it has no beginning and end. It is not a universe of time. We created right. time. Right. Yes. So, so what we want to do and what I would offer for people who are really stuck in that story, that story is in the past. And let me give you... Some examples of how dangerous it is to live in the past. Number one, there's a reason that the rearview mirror of our car is very small, but the forward-facing mirror is very large. If we tried to drive forward and move forward in life, looking behind us, we would surely crash. One hundred percent. Absolutely. So that so that's just for glancing back and getting information for how we're going to do the now.
0: Yes, And now there's
1: another spiritual explanation for why living in the past is so very dangerous to our souls. Mm -hmm. And that is, if we look at that word live, okay, the English word live, if we spell that backwards, if we live backwards, what do we get?
0: Evil, evil.
1: Absolutely. Now, we've all lived backwards before. If you write down that word, lived, and you look at it backwards, what do you have? Devil. Absolutely. Now, why is this? It's not coincidence. Right. This is not coincidence. So it's very important for us if we want to connect to source, if we want to connect to what we call God, that is always here now. That is why it's called the present or the present moment. Mm-hmm. So now let's, let's look at that word now. If we look at the word now, it actually spells three different words. The one is now. The other is one, W-O-N. Yes. And the next is own, O-W-N. Right. And what I like to see is that when you are in the now, you have one because you own
0: oh, it. Wow. I, f- I felt that. Beautiful. Absolutely. That is so true. So a mantra I want
1: to lend to those who are in the process of working through forgiveness is to really ask yourself, where am I? The answer being here. What time is it? The answer being now. Now. What am I?
0: This moment.
1: This moment.
0: Oh my gosh, that's the peaceful warrior, right? Yes. From oh, I love that movie, yes.
1: So a wonderful woman shared that with me. I believe it to be a powerful, powerful mantra. Yes. To really come to what's really important. So you ask me, you know, how do I forgive? How, you know, when a person wants to be stuck in anger, understand the universal law surrounding that that will quickly awaken you to say, I don't want to live from the frequency of this virus anymore. I want to live instead from the now. Yes. And what you're gonna find is when you live from the now, you would ask yourself, is that person hurting me right now in this moment? Uh The answer would be no.
0: Right. Can,
1: Can I live right now? Can I choose an action of love for myself right now, the answer would likely be, yes.
0: I love that.
1: And I that is that. the practice for healing,
0: I for forgiveness. It. And you have to be aware, right? You know, we spoke about, we talk about, you know, for every force there's an equal and opposite force, that so we have God and the devil, we have spirit and ego, whatever it is people, you know, like whatever titles I like to give those names. Um, But as soon as, isn't it true that as soon as you start stepping into your power, um, you know, there's always some level of attack. It's almost like ego goes, whoa, hang on a minute. You're healing. Hang on. Mm -hmm. You're forgiving. You're freeing space. Hang on. Let me, you know, I'm... ego loses its identity if you don't live through it anymore and so it tries to maintain its territory by creating some other story and that's what it did to me I started to forgive, I remember this so distinctly and I started to really truly, I could feel this release happening in my soul, I could feel this space opening up for me and inside of me and then I got the next story, so once I realised that you know, forgiving people um, wasn't making it okay, and it was then what happened was I start, you know, I started to feel powerless. Right. But it wasn't me. It was just, you know, the story that ego was selling to me that I bought in on for a while, for a while. What I realized was this, emo- so that the story that I had been running up until that point in my life, and this is where I had um, identified myself with it, which sometimes we don't realize. And it had given me so much power, meaning it, it was what I used to access, access love from others. It's what I used in conversation to access someone else's energy, to have their attention, to have them feel sorry for me that I'd been through that, to um, have them be amazed at me by by how I handled that. Wow, what a strong person you are. And then there's part of me, this this bullshit story that came in from ego saying, well, if you forgive, Therefore, if if you're going to forgive, you can't run this story anymore. So now, because if this is in your past, it is in your past. Therefore, it can't be used in the present with the words that you use. And so then what reason will people have to love you? Then what reason are people going to have to care about you or to tell you that you're a strong person? How are you going to illustrate your strength then? And so I I literally, as I was moving into my power, for a while, I got pulled back by the next story. Like ego stepped up and played the most A-grade game against me so well I didn't even see it coming. It was such a subtle little, you know, strategy that it used. And before I knew it, I heard myself speaking about and using it, you know, as my power. It's almost like, no, this story was my power and me believing that kept me out of my true power. So... What do you have to say about that? Because I know when people start going, wow, this has hit me, this has resonated. You have just spoken words that have, you know, completely infiltrated my soul and arrested my spirit, Sabrina. So I'm gonna do this. And they start the process and they do the journaling and they begin forgiving. And when they feel the pain, they put themselves in the present. And then a week later or two weeks later or a month later, they it's like you didn't even realize you'd regressed the last couple of weeks, but one day you notice it. And then it's easy to then buy into the next set of emotions, which is guilt and sabotage and how stupid am I? I was on the, I was on the right path and now I, you know, bloody, I lost it all, et cetera, et cetera. And there's this little cycle of these two forces that play with each other, this spiritual warfare going on. What, what, would your, what would your input be to that and how would someone handle that? Because it's not just going to be, okay, I'll decide to forgive and, oh, cool, I'm all sure. forgiving, I'm all great, right?
1: Right, right, exactly. It's a great question. And, you know, I, I would start by saying this, everything is energy and energy right. never dies. We call that spirit, right? So right. if we look at evil and the devil, what is that really saying? It's saying energy that's lived backwards and that's gone to the spirit realm. So you or I, given whatever our pathology is, and the listeners, there was an emotion, there are energies attached to your experience. These traumatic and painful experiences that we're talking about are all built up emotions, built up energies within our being, okay? And if we break down that word emotion, we're going to get exactly that, energy in motion. That is what the oh, word Oh, I
0: love that. you as good.
1: Wow. So, so absolutely. So what we've got is we've got energy in motion and if we have been carrying these, this spirit energy and it's been a part of us. Rest assured, when you start to tell that energy you don't want it to live inside of your being and your temple anymore, it's going to basically say to you, well, where the heck am I gonna go? Because I've been living in you all that time and I'm really not looking for a new home. And that's that ego struggle that we're talking about. You, you know, for me, I was always running when I was a child. I was running from pain. I was running from fear. I was running from some sort of trauma. I was alone. I was sad. I was always running. And how that looked for me as an adult was that I was always rushing, feeling like I wasn't going to make it in time. Like, you know, I was running out of
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Absolutely. Wow. Right. And so I would would end up doing silly things like uh, getting into a car accident. That's big. A lot of people will get into little fender benders, one person car accident, um, maybe burn themselves on accident because they're really running from something that doesn't exist. But because that energy is lodged within them, and they haven't really gone through the work to process it and understand what it is, then they continue to run from the the tiger. And so my mantra for myself to to tell myself, come to the present moment, Sabrina, recognize that there is no tiger. And so if ever I find Mm -hmm. myself moving too quickly, I remind myself, that there is no tiger. There's nothing chasing me. I have all the time in the world. Uh, and so you actually have to start talking back to that energy. Yes. And blessing as it goes, really saying to this energy now, recognizing that this energy is actually a field of it. Yes. This, this emotion is a field of energy. It is a being all to itself that has yes. resided within you. Yes. It does not need a new home.
0: Right, that is so good. That and I, I, we are so aligned. I love speaking to you. We could do this like so for so long, but um, I've done I had a background in basketball, so the way that you say talk back to that to that voice for me, I played a game of basketball with that voice with ego. And I would be like, okay, in order to win a championship, you've got to have your champion on the court. You don't get to win championships unless your champion players are on the court. Um, and ego needs to be on the bench. Here's the thing I know ego is always there. That energy is. I'm always subject to being exposed to, you know, that that lower vibrational energy. So I can't say it's not part of the team because it is. It it, it creeps in on us, and it is something we always have to be conscious of. Ego. It's not the ego is not part of the team. It is part of the team, if you like, or it, it's on. But I make sure that I act as the coach. The consciousness that I am acts as the coach and keeps ego on the bench. And when that sneaky little bugger sneaks way onto the court and and I realize I just got to drag his ass back to the bench again so I play this little game and I'll be like ah there you are I see you I see what you're doing go ahead and play your best game mate I I know you better than you know yourself now so go ahead and play I'll just smash you again you know and so I play this little because I have a very competitive spirit so I like to be in competition and as soon as I realize ego's in the mix I almost have learned to thrive on that. You know, I I now say that opposition, anything that opposes you, including this energy that works against us, opposition is a sign that you're in position. If the power against you has to be equal to the power that you are, like every force has to have an, um, an equal and opposite force, then I can... Sometimes I haven't realized how amazing I am until ego showed up in, in full force. And I'm like, whoa, this is a big distraction. Jeez, thanks for the compliment. I never, if you're matching my power, then wow, I, I must be of huge power right now. And I never realized that. So thanks for, you know, thanks for identifying that. And I would play this little belittling game <laughs> to ego, very mm. condescending type conversations with ego to go, wow, you know, um, I remember right before one of my biggest speaking moments, um, literally two days before and my dad was diagnosed with bowel cancer so bad that they're saying they're going to literally you know operate next week and all this and you know it would have been completely accepted of me everyone would have accepted if I hadn't have spoken that weekend if they had you know hey Holly absolutely it's no problem you know families first you know just I hope everything's okay don't worry don't worry it would have been so easy and so socially accepted to not step onto that stage but I knew that the power that that was against me was equal to the power that was within me at that time, and I knew that the message that I was going to have that weekend, um you know to over two hundred people was obviously going to be very transformational, very impacting. And it was, It's you know, it was the beginning of so many things for me. And, so, you know, uh, the evidence I saw that day, I, I, had, I had physical evidence that I couldn't even argue about how impactful my message was and about how necessary it is for me to stand on platforms and have my message heard on a bigger scale because I, I saw the evidence. So it was so many things that weekend. But the biggest attack happened, we're talking 48 hours before it. So, you know, I love how you say, you know, talk back to that voice and I played this little game. Um, but yeah, I love that, that, you know, I just kind of like to throw my own experiences in there so that people know, you know, you and I, we're not here because we're some kind of professional that can, we still have our journey. And even though we teach on the journey, we still have the journey, right? I, I, I still get got by ego sometimes, or I still get got by that, you know, rubbish little small story. You know, these days it won't get me for a week. It might get me for a day or for a few hours. But, you know, it's we never arrive. It's the holy grail, right? We're we're ever evolving.
1: We are ever evolving. And it's a process of continual blossoming and blooming. And as with anything that blooms, there has to be a demand placed on the soil.
0: And so what Mm. you're referring
1: to, yeah, in order for you to be fully who you are called to be in whatever moment, for you it was the speaking engagement. You know, for me, it's my work as a spiritual advisor and really listening to and hearing the stories of the people that are called to my path so that I can look for the virus and we can do some reprogramming. I had to go through a whole lot of virus, a whole lot of demand on my soil so that I could learn how to really be present with others to help them to blossom and bloom. So absolutely, we are speaking experientially and experience is in fact the best teacher.
0: Mm, I love that. Wow, I love this, Sabrina. We're going to do this again in another four weeks' time, right? We promised the audience. And, you know, I had people respond to me saying, wow, I love the interview. Are you definitely going to interview her again? I had people come to me saying that had about, I reckon, had about 10 or 15 messages in the first couple of days after that went live. And, you know, people, some people that I didn't even know, I didn't even know how they know me. I clicked on their, their social media profiles and they're not even my friend. I, don't think, I typed them in yours. They're not even your friend. I'm like, someone must have shared something and the message got to the right person and you know it's fantastic to be connected with those people now so you know i want to thank you for the value that you that you bring to this show that you bring to my life personally um and the value that you you know just put you know you, you put on on display and on offer for all of those who want to feed from the nourishment of your fruit i, I, I thank you so deeply thank now before so much
1: for- Base. And thank you for the, uh, to the audience as well for being wonderful listening ears.
0: Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Now, before we, you know, wrap this up, um, I always like to to, to let those I interview finish with the last message, you know, so whatever it is that's on your heart, that you haven't had a chance to speak yet, whatever, whatever's on your spirit, even if it's unrelated to the topic that you and I thought we were going to talk about today, sometimes spirit has a, a whole bigger plan than, than our plan. So if there is anything that you would like to leave us with, um, you know, please let me make that space available to you and i'll hand over to you
1: awesome thank you holly first i would like to say that the truth will set you free freedom comes by shining a light on the dark places oftentimes we feel like if we cover it up because what we've experienced was too embarrassing Uh, It's too depressing. We don't want to get anyone in trouble. There's all of these reasons that we make up in our minds for why we want to hold our experiences, our painful and traumatic experiences into the darkness of ourselves. When in actuality, what heals us is to shine a light on the darkness by getting it out of our being, speaking it out into the universe. And what happens when we speak it out into the universe, we shift that emotional energy. And what you're going to find is that you've created new space in yourself for healing. You're gonna feel freer, you're going to feel lighter. And what you're gonna find is that that darkness that you thought was so scary, is actually like a dark cloud. It might look very, very scary and very, very dense, but in actuality, all you have to do is simply wave your hand. And that cloud has no weight. In fact, it disappears. And the sun is shining right there for you to see. Um, As you know, the sky is always blue. So remember that. Remember that the sky is always blue and that darkness is simply the absence of light. Find a way to shine a light on your experiences and know that you are not alone. This journey, Uh, as spiritual beings having a human experience, is exactly that. The exercise is really for us to transcend the flesh by coming to the now and knowing that whatever happened to us in the flesh, there is nothing new under the sun. And our powerful, powerful spirit, your spirit, has everything it needs to transcend what occurred and to help others to do the same.
0: Wow. So we'll with love. wow. What a note to finish on. Sabrina, thank you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Wow. Talk to you. Absolutely. And, you know, for those of you out there listening, um, as I always say, you know, this whole journey, it takes courage. It takes you know, courage. Vulnerability is what gives courage its name. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You don't need to know how. Just like you don't need to know how to forgive, you just need to be willing to forgive. And the universe works the rest out on your behalf. So, uh, you know, courage is the main thing. The courage to question your story. The courage to, you know, go back into your pain. Pain, not with the intent for it to hurt you and to and to burn you even deeper, but this time with the intent for it to for it, for it to heal you. Um, you know the courage to be able to step forward into what would be an unknown world for you for a little while. Everything takes courage, so please, as you depart from this audio today, depart from here with courage, the courage to believe in a better way, the courage to voice what you've got to say. The courage to thrive when times are tough. And above all else, the courage to know you are good enough. Goodbye, everybody.